Hi, this is Linda Burton and Joe Burton. We're here today to talk about a safe place. And in this topic, we're going to talk about how to communicate safe and what does that really look like and how you can start the process of healing. So I'm glad you're here with us and let's start the show. We tend to look over and just kind of do an automatic thing and think that we're safe. I don't think we intend to not be safe. I think you can only be safe by being intentional about it. And if we just be natural, we'll probably create a place that's not very safe. The, the reason safety is so important is because relationships thrive and uh, they get their fuel from intimacy. Mm-hmm. And intimacy has a price and the price of intimacy is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so intimacy is not sexual. It can be a sexual experience, but it's not sexual in its essence. I think quite often people think intimacy is sexual, but the reality is it's not. It can be involved in sex, It can be, in, but in and of itself, intimacy is not sexual. It, intimacy is emotional openness with physical closeness. Mm-hmm. That, that's what intimacy is. Or we, we could say it another way, into me you see intimacy. And because intimacy fuels relationship, in other words, it's the driving force behind relationships, mm-hmm. especially healthy and satisfying relationships. Intimacy fuels those relationships. And without the fuel of intimacy, which cost you vulnerability, your relationship, our relationships aren't satisfying. And that's why it's so important because of the vulnerable aspect of the cost of intimacy to create a safe environment where two people can come together and be with one another. Like it allows you to be yourself and to feel comfortable being yourself, not being singled out as being strange or weird or why do you feel that way or what's up with you. Intimacy feels like it's a safe place. I can be me without being judged. And that feels very comfortable. And in a healthy relationship, you should feel comfortable about being yourself. Not trying to be perfect, try to be anyone else, just be you. And that person is loving you for being you. When we don't feel safe, we feel like we're on trial. We feel as though if, if I make a move, is it gonna be the wrong move? Um, am I gonna be questioned about why I made that move or why I did what I did? Sometimes questions are okay, but then again, that's where communication comes in because you want to make sure that you say what you're thinking in a way that doesn't throw that person under the bus and make that person feel like, why would you feel that way? That's stupid, you know? And unfortunately, sometimes people speak that way to one another. And so what happens is that person becomes like a turtle and just hides. Rather than let myself be exposed to the hurt or the shame or the pain of you ridiculing me or pointing out my faults, I would rather just say nothing. And that's uncomfortable. That's not a good relationship. In fact, that's not even a healthy relationship. So the concept is is this, if your mate can't be open and vulnerable to you, it, it's probably not a safe environment to be in. So that happens 
naturally. Quite often it happens because of our upbringing. It, it happens because of the way we, are, we have been taught how to be with another person. Mm -hmm. One of the ways you can tell whether a person is half safe or somewhat safe is give them some authority and see how they act with authority. Mm -hmm. Quite often people change when they have a sense of authority. Yeah. So it happens on jobs all the time. Mm -hmm. People get a little promotion or a little position and all of a sudden now they're they know everything and what you're doing is wrong. Don't do it that way, do it this way. Mm -hmm. So they, they have this idea to stay in charge means I need to stay in power and to stay in power means I need to put you down. Mm -hmm. That's probably not a safe place to be. No, not at all. That person that has that concept does not, they're not safe enough to become vulnerable to. Hopefully that makes sense. And so if you take a person like that and you put them in a relationship, so how intimate, how safe will that person be to you if you are trying to become intimate with them or emotionally open and be physically close at the same time? Um, okay, so that's interesting. So I'm gonna ask a question mm -hmm. and I'm gonna be like a person that is trying to learn. So my questions may sound a little, um, what do you call it, remedial? So okay. That's the state of mind I'll be. So uh, if, it, if it sounds a little strange, then I just want you to understand uh, where, where my mind is or what I'm trying to do, trying to set it up in such a way. So the question is, what do you think comes first then? Uh, actual, the environment, safe place as an environment or the safe place as what you were saying? Because you, you used the phrase, um, uh, now I forget what it was. Um, Intimacy is the fuel. No, it was, it was, um, it ended emotional openness? Yeah, so the definition, emotional openness and physical closeness. Okay, so that's one part, so safe place. So which do you think comes first? The environment that you are in or that safe place as far as, you know, the emotion? Well, quite, quite often, especially if we get the wrong definition, you can get into a place where you have physical closeness. Before. before you have emotional openness mm -hmm. and and that is not really that's not intimacy in fact that's dangerous <laughs> okay physical closeness without being able to have emotional openness is probably pretty dangerous mm -hmm. uh, so one of the reasons it's important to help our young people our kids to understand that don't rush you yourself your natural nature is pushing you to get involved, to, to, to become physically involved with a person when you don't really have enough knowledge of who mm. they are. Mm. Okay, and so our natural nature just pushes us into relationships. Mm. Quite often we get into those relationships. And then, uh, Joe, on the, the other side of that is we think, are, are we, we think that the other person is supposed to be safe because we like them or they like us. And we think because we like them and they like us that they're safe. And that's not always true. And it doesn't have to be intentional. It just may be what they learned how to do. Right, which is, which is a form of control mm -hmm. um, because in today's society, 
um, it's so easy for people to just go to bed with one another, you know, just have sex as if we're having recreational activity going on. But God created sex as a way for people to, for it's almost like your souls are joined together. Something happens outside of the physical aspect of it and something happens on the inside of us, especially for females. And so when we find out that that person isn't safe or that person isn't um, who we thought they were, then we're almost like a wounded animal. We wanna hide, we wanna get away. And, but then the, the physical part of us draws us back in. Oh, that was good. He's good. You know, she's good. And then we find ourselves just coming together for the physical aspect of the relationship. Um, not really dating. I don't know if people really date anymore, but not dating and finding out who that person is. Courting, um, you know, back in the day, a man would court a woman and he would ask for you know, the, the dad wanted to meet him, the mom wanted to meet him, the family wanted to meet him. That's not really happening like that anymore because people are just getting together so fast. You know, hey, I don't care what my mom says, I don't care what my dad says. And then we find ourselves in a relationship that's physical, but there is no real connection. And that can be dangerous. Yeah. Because now we're physically connected, but, there, but that's all there is. Yeah. And, and that's not a good place to be. It, it really isn't because it was created for a oneness. And, and in this generation, and hopefully no one takes offense to this, but people are having so many partners, sexual partners, that when they do find someone, they, are wondering, are they as good as John was? Are they good as good as Brad was? You know, is she as good as Gina was? Or is she as good as uh, 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 Barbara was or whatever? I'm just making some names up. Really the the, the, the thing with what, what uh, Babe is saying is that that's not just a, a young generation thing in, in yeah. young generation they're more open about it right in our generation we were quiet about it mm -hmm. secretive mm -hmm. but people knew mm -hmm. and we weren't being good examples well many of us weren't being good examples for our children mm -hmm. and so now it's difficult to influence our children to do what would be actually a good thing for them to do because what can you say well you didn't do it right yeah, and you can't, and that's where the phrase come in, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, exactly. I think we championed that saying. Yeah, <laughs> Our yeah. generation was champions of that. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Boy, go, go in there and get ready to go to church. I'm gonna watch the football game. Stuff like that. A lot of wrong, yeah, just, yeah, it, it's, it's like you have to think about um, I don't know, like you said, you just grow up and you just start accepting things, right? Instead of asking questions about, and, yeah. uh, and I guess even if you ask questions, that can be shut down too. Yeah, so. 
it, that's, it, why do, that's why to do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, exactly. Because we can't really answer those questions. Yeah. Uh, you know, so rather than, than really examine ourselves to answer that question, we try to do a power trip. Mm -hmm. Do as I say, not as I do. That's a power trip. I don't want to be accountable, but you you better be accountable. Mm -hmm. Now, and I have seen, so there is a flip side of that too, or the other end of the spectrum where um, people know that, so they don't actually go and try to be an influence at all. Like, hey, I can't tell the person what to do. I'm doing it myself, mm -hmm. right? Right, so you right. Have one, you have both ends of the spectrum. Well, you can go to, to the extreme, to the right, or, to the extreme to the left right sure balance. a lot of people operate on on the extremes on either end of that yeah uh neither end of it is good for you uh and when you think in terms of it, it's not good for our kids it's just not good one one of the things that that really should be i i think taught and not so much teaching with uh i'm the teacher you're the student not that kind of teaching uh caught is a better word mm -hmm. is a uh, influence that comes from a healthy parent on how to treat uh, the dad influences the children how to treat the mom creating a safe place showing his son how to create a safe place for his future wife by watching how he treats his mom quite often that is messed up the child learns not even present yeah yeah it's quite often the child learns how to be uh hurtful how to create a a a unsafe environment mm -hmm. by watching how his dad treats his mom and vice versa that goes both ways mm -hmm. that goes uh, a a young girl may learn how not to be respectful to a man by watching how her mom talks to her dad. It, mm -hmm. it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to have healthy parents in a healthy environment that creates us. You cannot have a safe environment if the two people are not healthy. Right. Emotionally stable, secure in who they are. Uh, 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 you can't have a safe place like that because people then are are bidding for power when there's insecurity people are bidding for power they're they're, they're warring to be uh, I, i'm the one on top no i'm the one on top all of that kind of stuff and that creates a, a unhealthy environment so the best thing we can do is to be the best examples that we can possibly be as uh, parents or as grandparents or even um someone that a child may watch from afar the media unfortunately has a lot of influence over this new generation and we can't shield them from what's on tv and what's on the screen and the commercials and all of that because there's a lot there's a lot that will grab a a, a person's attention and these people that are on the screen know that they study psychology they know how to grab you and hold you and then there's uh algorithms you know if you if you touch a site for too many times it automatically comes up to you because they know you like it <laughs> so 
the best thing we can do is to be that example, to be opposite of what children see. And so that means that as parents and as adults and as responsible grandparents or whatever our role might be in the life of a child, not just our own children, but in the life of children in, in, in general, be that person that does the right thing. You know, I have, I have young nieces and nephews and some of them can't believe that we've been married for 50 years because we don't act like it. You know, we're not all bent over. We're not, you know, ignoring each other. We're always engaging because that's just, that's just who we are. People need to see an example. And if they don't see an example, then they have nothing to, to strive for. You know, what, what they see on TV, that's not good because that's made up. You know, people are kissing and hugging and rubbing and doing all that other stuff. And then, you know, the director says, cut. And they go back to what they're doing, smoking a cigarette, going, you know, to get a, a drink out of the machine or whatever. Go but get Yeah, go get a Pepsi. <laughs> but people need real life examples. And so it's not just, we're not just doing this for us but we're doing it for the next generation. And that's mm -hmm. what your program is about. Mm -hmm. Showing the next generation that there's another way to do things. Not what's always in front of us, but what is somebody doing on the side that you you stop and you're saying, wow, they're different. Why are they different? Mm -hmm. So that, that, I don't know if we answered all of your questions, Joe, but I know. Oh, I'll ask some more. But no, I just want to piggyback off that a little bit. Is uh -huh. I, guess, I guess we have to learn how to be like a tree. You know, uh, you plant the seed of a tree. It's not a full-grown tree mm -hmm. the next day or the next week or even the next month. Right. Uh, some of those trees take, you know, 30, 50 years, right? Right. So it's the, it's the slow and steady that you have to be and then your outcome, you won't really see it until much later. So but that's the problem with us now in our society is we want results. Yeah, right away. You know, mm -hmm. quick, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that, that's what the society is like right now. We want results quick. So they so they manufacture those results very quick. Yep. But um, it takes a lot of patience. It even, does. It even, does. even for the teacher. That's what I have learned. Oh yes. You know, oh yes. Patience to to teach and you know and not get offended because somebody else is not picking up your lesson. Right? Yeah. If you, I guess you got to know in your heart that you are right and you know you're doing the right thing because it's not that you made up your own mind that you're doing it right. You you you're using your examples that you learn. Right? Yeah. So yeah. yes. I, I think I, I think too, Joe, that uh, one of the difficulties that we run into, especially when our kids become teenagers, is that if we didn't pour enough or build enough influence in them when they were younger, right? Mm. Uh, they can't hear you now. They can't hear you now, and and there is there's science behind that. It's actually chemical. That there's a chemical problem going. I don't want to call it a problem because we all went through it. It's 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 hormones and stuff that's being released in the brain. 
that make you feel invincible and that know you can't be wrong that your parents don't know anything. Mm. It, it's oh, yeah. a feeling that it's actually a chemical thing that triggers that feeling. Really? Yeah, I remember that stage. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. I remember it's, it's really, it's really it's difficult. Mm -hmm. So the, buildings. Uh, Jumping off buildings, running in front of cars, or dash across the street. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You're I glad your life was spared while <laughs> while you had those chemicals running wild in your brain. Yeah, you know, yeah. having this conversation with <laughs> It's a wonder. It's a wonder many of us are here. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yo, right. And a lot of us aren't. Mm. Mm, yeah. That's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. That's unfortunate. When when you uh, mentioned the tree, Joe, um, you know, I, I thought about uh, something that I read a few months or so ago. It said, "Plant a tree so that someone else can enjoy the shade." Mm -hmm. Because you, you know, you might enjoy some shade, but when that tree is full blown grown, then it's there for someone else to enjoy and that's what being a responsible adult is all about mm -hmm. making sure that our, we give our children the best outcome we give family members the best outcome and so what does that mean it means that i have to be aware that people are watching me and i don't mean they're gawking you know like oh really you know ooh, what is she doing no, but they're taking notes. Mm. We don't think they are, but they are. They're taking notes. Mm. Now, you know, I always do this. <laughs> what about the people that are already messed up in this area and it's already broken and it's, it's, they don't see how they can get to that part. What are some tools or some things they can do to get out of it, to switch, to to have a safe place. Uh, Both uh, ways, one knows it, and then the other one don't. So that'd be two different examples. That that that's a difficult place, uh, Linda. That's a difficult place. Uh, it's going. It, it would take a lot of uh, patience with that person. Uh, the other thing is the spiritual side of that is we, we need to constantly be praying for them instead of. A challenging and agitating because that don't work and so you pray for the person and patience uh, and work with them patience mm -hmm. working with them mm -hmm. uh, rather than throwing them away yeah until you can tell the person can develop enough influence to invite them to maybe a, 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 a again a, a conference a webinar something where a retreat where they can see some different things mm -hmm. quite often a person is so closed because of the past and and the script that that past wrote for them they're so closed till they actually need to hear someone else mm -hmm. say what you're what you've been what saying, you've been saying. Mm -hmm. you, you, you know and uh, that's a way to start that process remember unskilled unaware is unteachable that's an unteachable stage it's not until you come to a place of 
unskilled but aware. That's the beginning of learning. Uh, unskilled, still don't know how to do it, but I'm aware I don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. That's the beginning of learning. Mm -hmm. But unskilled and unaware, that's unteachable. So you recommend that they do try to let them know what's going on. They don't just hold it inside and yeah, oh deal yeah. with it, but they have to discuss it, figure out how to discuss it, and let them know how they feel and what's going on. Okay. Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, now when, when it comes to the skills of creating a safe environment, we're basically just talking about the importance of it, but when it comes to the skills of a safe environment, uh, the, the very first thing a person, two people should probably have this conversation. Let's have a funeral. Let's take shame and blame, have a funeral and bury them. Bury shame and bury blame. Put it to death. Mm -hmm. And what, what I mean by that is, it should no longer be a part of your conversation. Right. Now, just because you don't blame a person or shame a person doesn't mean you don't confront them. We talk about confrontation cycles. Uh, the confrontation cycle where you confront a person and talk to them about what is going on with you, what is your experience, and that experience that's based off of maybe their behavior. We, we call it XYZ messaging, okay? Quite often if a person has, is not, has never been in a safe environment, they'll become defensive if you just shoot them an XYZ message. It's non-blameful confrontation. Now for people that's watching, um, don't know what X, Y, and Z, so you wanna explain um, what that means of the emotion, the, the, the problem. Um, can you explain the X, Y, Z? Okay, okay. it, it comes from Patty Howe. Howe. Uh, she's the creator of about eight or nine curriculums that we're certified in uh, from Healthy Relationships California. Mm -hmm. And what that says is, it's a formula for confronting a person. Mm -hmm. X is X stands for non-blameful disclosure of behavior. It's just disclosing what the behavior is that's that is a problem for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, the Y stands for the tangible effect, tangible or concrete effect that that behavior has on you mm -hmm. okay and the Z stands for my feelings about that the experience mm -hmm. of that 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 tangible effect not the person the tangible effect mm -hmm. for example here is an XYZ message when you leave your dishes in the sink who me <laughs> that's X mm -hmm. it's not blameful it's just stating the facts. Mm -hmm. Then I have to wash the dishes before I can make my salad. I'm sorry. That's the concrete, tangible effect of the behavior. That's my experience. Now I have to do something as a result of what you failed to do. Mm -hmm. And I feel frustrated or mm -hmm. irritated mm -hmm. or angry. Mm -hmm. The only time I address you is when I say what 
you actually did. I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying, because what we have to do is orientate the person to the problem. Right. So that they want to work with us. Now, so if, you, oh, go ahead. So if a person hasn't, if they're not secure in who they are, if they haven't been in a safe environment, they may become defensive. Mm -hmm. And say things like, well, you left dirty dishes in the sink last week. And I, what did I have to do? I had to wash the dishes too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the best way, the, the best way, according to the research, to de-escalate a person who is defensive is to power listen them. Mm -hmm. When a person feels heard, they de-escalate. Mm -hmm. I think I said, is that the right word? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. You said it right. Of they, they calm down. <laughs> okay, that's okay. more my word. <laughs> no, that sounds great, but you used another word that, and and I, I, I'm sorry to do this, but we know that language, but we I want to make sure the listeners know that language. And you used the word power listening, and I don't want them to think it's regular listening or just listening harder. <laughs> so can you clarify now how to power listen? Okay, power listening is a it's a understanding skill. It's a mm -hmm. skill for understanding. It's the, it's the part of communication that starts the concept of commu communication. Doesn't start start with expression. It starts with understanding. Mm -hmm. So power listening is the beginning of communication. It is a understanding skill. Mm -hmm. Okay, so which is a gift mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. give to the other person. Mm -hmm. So it it begins with listening to a person if the, the, the framework is this i need to become empathetic i need to become accepting and i need to become genuine genuine means my emotions need to match my behavior mm -hmm. otherwise i'm false okay so i need to become empathetic in other words i have to learn how to figure out what it's like to be you when you're talking to me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what, what is it like what is your experience when you're talking to me about something that's going on with you, what is your experience? Because mm -hmm. people don't know you understand them until you can tell them how they feel. Mm -hmm. Not what they said. That doesn't mean you understand them. They need to, they need to know you know how they feel. Right. Okay, so, so that's the beginning of power listening. Empathy, acceptance means this. I believe you can fix your problem. I don't have to fix it for you you can fix it so i'm listening to you to be a sounding board for you if you hear yourself talking to me enough mm -hmm. you'll figure out how to fix it right if i don't accept you i hear you differently i'm trying to fix your problem for you or change you or change you <laughs> now the problem with that is if you didn't hire me as your consultant <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I don't want your good advice because <laughs> I don't have goodwill for you. Right. So, so that's what acceptance means. I believe you can fix your problem. Mm -hmm. I don't have to give you any. I don't have to give you suggestions. I don't have. If you ask me, I will. But if you don't ask me, I won't. <laughs> And too often, especially as parents, we're, we've got a laundry list of 
things we want our kids to know. And this is part of the maturing process is to help them figure it out in their own head. So rather than have a laundry list of you coulda, shoulda, woulda, you better, and if you don't, this is gonna happen, help them figure out what they need to do because that will help them mature and make good decisions later on in life. But if we just sit them down, this is what you need to know and you better remember it. And you know, they gotta, they gotta learn through the bumps and the, the mistakes. You don't want them to get hurt in learning, but at the same time, they will not be able to make good conscious decisions if we just sit them down and tell them what they have to do, what they better do, they better not do this. It's, you know, because learning is a part of growth and growth is a part of the human experience. So I want to make sure that the um, viewers understand this. So power listening is actually listening to the person and paraphrasing it back or, or saying it back, but in their words of what the person has said. With feelings. The feelings mm -hmm. of what they said. Okay. Now, the, 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 the rest of power listening is this. Uh, you communicate to them uh, three things. First of all, you give them your eyes. You, mm -hmm. you look at the person that's talking to you. Give them your eyes. That says, I'm in the moment with you. I'm in this moment with you. I'm present. I'm in the moment. You give them good posture, which tells them you're alert. I'm in the moment and I'm alert. And then you lean toward them just a little bit. You don't have to exaggerate that. Just lean a little bit which says I'm interested, <laughs> okay? And I'm engaging. Yeah, I'm engaging, I'm alert, and I'm in this moment with you. Now, if you do that to a person and they get the, com they get the concept that you actually understand them, they start to de-escalate. Mm -hmm. Once they calm down, you give them the XYZ message again. Now, that can be a process, a process over and over again because the person has to figure out that you're not attacking them. And that, that has to happen over a period of time because mm -hmm. if, if your MO has been to, to attack, mm -hmm. then they're not gonna feel comfortable to share because they'll feel like, oh, they're gonna pounce on me. Yep. Yep. So, so once you can't just say, I'm not attacking you, that don't work. They have to figure out you're not attacking them. Mm -hmm. So you, you give them X, Y, Z, then you power listen them. They calm down, you say, I understand. I understand what you're saying. You give them some emotions about that. But when you do this, 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 then I have to do that, 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 and I'm really irritated about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, well you do this. So then you start to talk, when they say you do this. So I, I understand that this is something that irritates you. This is something that bothers you. When when I do this, this is bothering to you. And I'm giving you my eyes, and I'm giving you good posture, and I'm looking you in the eye. When and you start to figure out, I hear you. Mm -hmm. So you calm down because here's what you have to understand about this: a person that's on defensive cannot hear what you're saying to them. Right, because they're trying to plead their case. Yeah. Have you ever seen anyone in an altercation? and the person that is the angriest moves toward the person, the other person, as if they can't hear them. It's like, I need you to hear me. 
you know, and people are this far apart where they could, somebody could punch somebody. But what we do is we get louder because we want to make our case. We want to prove our point. And this happens, sometimes this happens in, in a home. You know, the dad is, I told you, you need to listen, blah, 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 blah. And the kid is like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. And they're moving away from you. So they're not hearing you. And communication is really just an exchange of, of, of words and ideas. And feelings. And feelings. And once, once people get to know who we are and they know we're not going to attack them, then they'll feel comfortable coming to us about problems that they have with us. Yeah. Now there's one thing that I want to make sure the people that are listening hear us said because we, we know this. I I just want to make sure it's not skipped. So you went from your problem and how you feel about the dishes to their response was you did it too basically. So That's now cool. you're acknowledging their response and that how you feel about the dishes is on hold until they clarify um, how they feel about what you have done. Once you do that with that power listening of paraphrasing and hearing what they said and how they feel and deal with that issue, they can't hear you about the dishes. What? Once you apologize or acknowledge or uh, or um, entertain that that emotion that they're going through and the feeling they're going through, once that's finished and complete, that they felt heard, understood, and and um, healed from that situation, then and only then you're even close for them to hear you about the dishes, and then that's when you can bring that back up again to solve that. But also, sometimes the hurt is so deep and so much going on that you bring it up again and now it's something else. Mm-hmm. And you might have to do, sorry, that you might have to do that again. So you have to, I want to make sure it's clear that your problem about the dishes still might not be heard for one, two, maybe even three things because there's other things that build up so much in that person. But once those different things are taken care of and they felt heard and you they clearly know um, you didn't mean it or just get clarity on their emotions and feelings to deal with that, then and only then you can actually be heard from that person to start the process for your healing and for your situation of what's going on. So I want to make sure, and if I said it wrong, please correct me, but I want to make sure um, how we're talking, I, I don't want to stay at our level. I want to make sure we're talking that the people that's listening can understand that. And so basically too, how do you guard your heart while that process has to be worked out? Because somebody, because you you're bringing your issue and if they don't want to accept it, what you have to say, then you have to guard your heart, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As well until something until you finish all three of the years below. Yeah, that's hard. It, it is, but the, 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 point, the point in this is, if you don't discipline and, and do that, you don't get hurt, no way. You just create a worse situation. So it's not smart to keep pushing. That, that, that's just not a wise thing to do. Because you bring things up 
that is messing with your needs that your mate is doing there a behavior first here is the concept both everybody has the right to be themselves in the world so our mate is just busy meeting their own needs mm -hmm. they're just doing what they're doing to meet their own needs now in the process of them doing what they're doing to meet their needs if their behavior gets in the way of your need now you have to speak okay so how do i speak to you about a behavior that you're doing that's getting in the way of my need and the last time we were talking about this we were talking about goodwill remember goodwill means i want your life to be good and i'm willing to do what i can to make it good when you address a person you're really trying to address their goodwill that's and what they have to figure out is that you're not attacking them right you're not attacking them you're addressing their goodwill because if they want your life to be good and they're willing to do what they can to make it good when you get to the why the why is your experience that's the tangible the tangible aspect of what their behavior they get to learn what your experience is I As got a result to, of their behavior. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I got to clean the, the dishes before I can make my salad. And then they get to learn what that experience does to you. Mm -hmm. I feel frustrated. I feel angry. So if they have good will for you, they're willing to do what they can to make your life good. That's what you're addressing, their good will. The hard part is if you do it wrong, that that simple about the dishes become now another issue for the next one because you did it wrong. Because you might have goodwill, but they're still stuck and they don't. So they just add it to the pile. So now next time you bring something else up, now it's four things down there that they're gonna throw in your face or bring it up to your attention before they can even hear you. And the thing is, I think we get stuck there because we keep, adding stuff to that pile of issues that we're holding in us, we're, we're, we're waiting to explode and explain as soon as they ask us to change or as, um, try to they try to get healing or ready for healing. We're not because we have all these things down here waiting. So I think, I think too, then, um, it's, it's a little bit of maturity too, or a recognition that uh, you may be piling on things, it's right? One person, one person, or because if, if a person, if you have one person that's holding things in, right, and then the other person approaches you and nothing is resolved from the last time you spoke, and now the next time you speak, something else is added on, the person that's coming to you, you have to, they have to, they have to recognize that something else is there anyway. So don't come and bring a new problem right if you already know that the old problem is still unresolved okay so, that's, that's so right so you got to make sure because it because things can pile up mm -hmm. right so if you're approaching something like oh if you're approaching like your example about the dishes in the sink mm -hmm. but if you're coming with another problem mm -hmm. and when you're still kind of have a problem when you still have an issue with the first problem Right, so I have to recognize too. Instead of just keep coming to you with this and and now it's this deep, I need to be you know re uh, recognize that hey, 
I mean, I mean, I don't know what it's called, and mm -hmm. I, I get, I know we don't do this naturally, right? Right. But we can be, we can be causing a problem ourselves, thinking that the other problem is the problem, the other person is the problem. Of course. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, that, it does. That's why it's important not to blame. Yeah. That that's the first part of the X Y Z. Do not be blameful, because if I'm blamed, now I'm dealing with shame. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I might be feeling like, oh, I'm not a good housewife. I I I I I don't do things as well as I could or should, and so that adds to that adds to uh, how do I don't want to say this. It adds to the negatives of our experience. It's like if you have if you have ants in your house, you don't want to just kill that one ant because you know that there's some more ants hiding somewhere. And so you gotta you gotta either do some spray or call an exterminator or whatever. And so in relationship, we have to remember that we've got to get rid of the ants that are in our head. We've got to get rid of the ants in our relationship That's and find point. out why mm -hmm. is it that we keep blaming one another? Why is it that we keep accusing one another? Why is it we're bringing up stupid stuff or stuff that really is not that important, you know, but mm -hmm. we keep bringing it up. And here's another thing you did. And I don't, don't forget that you did that too. And, and that is really a cancer. Shame and blame is a cancer to relationships. And once it takes its hold, if we don't work toward uh, reconciliation, if we don't work toward a, a problem solving and apologizing, then that will always be an issue in the relationship. And it's just something we don't want. I don't like ants. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, I don't like ants because we've yeah. lived on an ant hill. I, I I believe that's the problem. I don't know. But finally, we had an exterminator and the exterminator came in took care of the ant problem. So just like the problems that we have in our relationship, we, I, I would encourage anyone, if you're having difficulty in your relationship, of course, you can come and visit us on our website. Or you can give us a call. But, uh, Consider learning what relationships really look like. What healthy relationships really feel like. Because I know people want it, they just don't know how to acquire it. Okay, so I, I, I want to go back. I want, uh, um, I know uh, keeping a, a track on time, so I want to be respectful of your time, but I want to go back to the safe place thing, um, the example. Because I want to, um, you, I want to know that, like, so how, how does this, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to picture this and, and let me just see if I can develop this for you. I'm trying to, so you can have a chaotic environment, right? Not necessarily that you're arguing with your people in the household, but it's just a chaotic environment, but you still feel safe, right? Is that possible? Uh, I mean, I know it's not possible because I know we, 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 we like for things to match, right? If you got a lot of chaos happening inside of you and in, in, inside of the relationship, but your environment looks safe, right? How does that play out? 
have you ever seen anything like that? You know? Well, uh, a chaotic environment, uh, it breeds chaos. It breeds chaos, the one thing I will say. <laughs> but but uh, I think it's really important to uh, monitor yourself mm -hmm. uh, and and find things to do to, to calm down. Uh, one of the things that uh, our, our society traps us into is that if we have a, a good night's sleep and we go to work, uh, it may change now because of our, our new situation. But, you know, we wake up, say, from one to five, five being uh, not so uh, uh, rested and anxious and stressful, five being very stressful, one being not stressed. So we wake up, if we had a good night's sleep, we wake up in a one. Then we get dressed and get on the freeway going to work. Okay, that's gonna take us up to about a, a three, especially if there's traffic. By the time we get to work, we're at a three. We do two hours of work, we're probably at a four and a half or something. Now, the, the uh, social psychologist understands this. So they've told your employ our employers, you need to give them a break after two hours. If you're going to have production from them, you need to give them a break. So you, so they, what did they do? They put candy machines in 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 the in in the a building so until you take a 15 minute break and a coffee a coffee machine, soda machines. So you take a break, eat your piece of candy and drink a soda or some coffee. You come back, you back down to maybe a three or two, two and a half. Then you by lunchtime you back up again. Your stress level is higher again. So now they told them, you better give them more time. So what do they do? They give you lunch. Sometimes some places give you half an hour, some give you 45 minutes. Don't put some food in you. And the idea is to sit down and rest for a minute. Come back to work. What they're trying to do is get your stress level down because what they figured out is you're not as productive when you're stressful. <laughs> you know, so they try to get your, you can't think good. So they try to get your production, they try to get your stress level down. Three o'clock, ne next break, same thing, cause your stress level is up. 4.30, you get off. You get off generally around a four, cause you put all of your good self into the day. Your best self, your best self has been placed on the person's job. Then you get on the freeway. Mm -hmm and come home to the people you love. No. <laughs> when you walk in the door, you might be at six or You might be at six <laughs> <laughs> So that's not gonna be a good place to, to create a safe environment. So we need to plan some things and come up with some rules and things mm -hmm. to do. Uh, I'm, I need to go uh, take a, a shower, uh, eat a little something, take me a nap or a few minutes before close we my close my eyes before we start engaging. And why are those dishes still in the sink? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it happens, right? That's exactly how it happens. I'm trying to make dinner around here. I should have washed the dishes. You know what it kind of reminds me of uh, living in a city, 
Like, I remember in our other house that we had, it was right, the backyard was, well, the house, the house track was built um, alongside of a freeway. Uh -huh. So you open your windows and stuff like that. You're always hearing noise and noise and cars and zooms and all that. And then you move into another neighborhood and there's none of that. <laughs> it's like, man, it's so quiet. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's an adjustment. And some people don't like that. Some people like the noise, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Some people like that chaos. Yeah. Uh, and if you can if you can do chaos and still create safe environment, fine. But if right. you think, <laughs> like how some families, because I have heard some families they yell when they talk. Hey, pass me a drink, <laughs> mama. And then you get somebody, you know, and and they're like, man, why are you guys yelling all the time? Are you mad? I'm like, no, that's just how we talk. You know what? No, nobody's mad. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, I don't know, man. It's just like you got to make your adjustments, right? Yeah. You got to be mindful. Why are you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Safe environment. So you can. So something can still be a safe environment, even though it can look. Uh, it, it may be chaotic to you, but it can still be a safe environment. Mm -hmm. right? Sure. Sure. So. It's like the game of Monopoly. I always compare, you know, every household place, they, they have their own rules for Monopoly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you just got to adapt, right? Or yep. Especially if, if it works for you, then it works. That's that's the thing you have, you have to understand. If it works, it works. Yeah, if it you, don't work, stop doing stuff that don't work. Yeah. And make sure that it's not painful to the others yeah. around you. And sometimes people don't want to say, Dad, you know, when you and Mom fight and fuss, it makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know? And and sometimes our kids won't say anything. They might just go in their room, put their headset on, and listen to music or play a game or whatever because they can't stand the chaotic conversation going on. So we just have to pull back and look at what does life look like? If someone was to do an interview of our home and not put on the audio, but all they saw was the video, how would we look? And reverse that. What if they had just the video and not the audio? How would that look? How would that sound? I'm sorry, yes. You know what I'm saying. Uh, okay. Yes, which is about. Yeah, That's so. Point, actually. Yeah, we just, we just need to be careful. Because they're watching, they're taking good notes. They aren't going to say anything, but they're taking good notes. I wonder what kind of letter grade that I'm going to get, you know, for me, you know, because, and you know, you, you know, you bring God into the picture. Mm -hmm. And I wonder what, I mean, I wonder what kind of letter grade, you know, I mean, and, and I know the Bible doesn't mention about letter grades, but it mentions well done and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I wonder, you know, because I understand letter grades, I understand percentages. Well, uh, I think it's good probably to to the the safest, the best thing to do is grade ourselves. Uh, Psalms, I think, it's one one. Uh, it is one sixteen and twenty eight. Uh, 
I forget I'm done losing it now. It says in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Uh, uh, 16 and 11, Psalm 16 and 11. And, and, and so, so the question always becomes now, okay, so what's in my presence? If in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore, what's in my, ple- my presence? What do people experience when they come into my presence? Okay, now, so one being they experience joy, five being it's painful. Where do where would we rate ourselves? Because that's the beginning of of doing becoming intentional about improving. Okay, and so it's really important for us to to, to acknowledge where we're because we know ourselves better than anybody. So how do I rate myself? From one, where am I? Num- I got to give myself a number, because if I don't give myself a number, then I can't start to work at getting better. <laughs> so acknowledge where you are, so you can become where you want to be, or right. go where you want to be. Right. So. Oh, don't don't grade on the curve. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw an extra ten points in there in a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and slide that in there. Be honest with yourself. <laughs> slide that extra 10. <laughs> oh, extra 10. I've been, I had that 10 in the bank, so I might as well just put that 10. <laughs> I, I always, I, at least I try to ask myself, what is it like to be around Kathy? You know, um, that helps, that helps me keep myself where it's, I want people to feel safe with me. I want people to feel like they can talk to me, like they can come to me. I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to be um, dogmatic um, because everybody's fighting the battle. We just don't know what it is. And when people behave a certain way, if I don't know their experience, if I don't know where they're coming from, I could be judging them based on the external of what I see, but if I don't know what's going on here or here, um, I could be wrong. And I remember that quote, you draw near to, um, what is it? Kindness, good, positive, and you draw farther away from negative or hurt or pain. Mm-hmm. So I still remember um, you're saying that before too and we take that for granted. We just assume they're supposed to hear what I say or because of my position, I can talk like this or because I'm mad, I have a right to say it this way. Mm-hmm. Instead of realizing they still, you know, that they're gonna draw farther away if you don't see it in the right way. It's fine to express yourself. It's just how do you express yourself? Sure, sure. I'm sure we can go on and on about the topic. So um, any closing words? I know we're probably at time right now. So, um, any any last uh, uh, thoughts, Pastor James and and Pastor Kathy? Well, thank thank you for this opportunity. I I, I think it's a very important topic that we probably uh, people just don't think about uh, enough, and I think they just assume that it's it's safe because we like each other. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, that we don't have the skills to create a safe environment or the, or the uh, intentionality to do it along with the skills, we can be uh, un- not very safe at all. Right. And then if we're not safe, we don't have the intimate relationship that we 
want. And if we're not careful, uh, our, our relationship is stagnant and it's it just stuck. You can have all the bells and whistles of a good car, but if the car's out of gas, it ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Don't matter how expensive that sucker is, right? Right. right. The gas or electricity. Right. Anywhere. So how can people find you? Uh, they can find us on our Family Life website. Uh, it's uh, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash Family Life Institute IE dot com. You can find us there, our church website, or what is our number? 909. 999. L I S E. Or 5433. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. Nice. So, um, our website? Go ahead. Our website is www.jlburtonllc.com. So, uh, again, thank you for this time. Uh, a safe place is the topic that we discussed. I know it could have gone on longer, but um, it's always a pleasure. Always a full of wisdom. You uh, touched my heart um, by the wisdom. So um, hopefully it, you know, it grows into a healthy tree. Or it might get scorched by the sun. Somebody needs you shade. <laughs> and that's, that's right. probably it. What do your tree look like? What, if you're a tree, what do you look like? What does it look like? Are you healthy? Are you weak? Are you giving shade? What does that look like? Well, maybe nope. I'm a cactus. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, thanks again. Bring on a good note. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, thanks, thanks Joe. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.